Mark chapter 4, I want to continue. I want to finish uh, this particular piece. We've been with a series entitled Living for Jesus. When you decide to live for Jesus. Amen? When you decide to live. I'm saying one more time. I said follow. I said live for Jesus. Mark chapter 4 verse 39 says, and he got up. I already did the first part. And rebuked the wind and said to the sea, he spoke to the sea, y'all. He said, hush, be still. And the wind died down and it became perfectly calm. And he said to them, why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? They became very much afraid and said to one another, who then is this? That even the wind and the sea obey him. If the wind and the sea can obey him. <laughs> Tell your neighbor when you decide to live for Jesus. Um, I believe everything that we encounter with God is about our expectation. I believe that our expectations can cause us to either stay committed or vacillate or be inconsistent. I believe in every relationship, before you get into a relationship, you should have some form of expectation. Have you ever been in relationships where you had some expectations and they were not lived up to? You thought that person was what they said they was, only to find out <laughs> that they were not what they said they were. Do I have anybody? The one thing you got to know about Jesus, whatever the word of God says he is, he is. The other thing you have to understand about when you decide to live for Jesus, it is about developing a relationship, a relationship, a real life relationship with him. It is not just a figment of your imagination that, you know, that he's sitting at the right hand of God, that the fact that God does communicate with us today in this dispensation, in this time, God speaks through his word. God has given all of you as believers the Holy Spirit who lives inside of you. And therefore, how he's able to communicate, he communicates through this, through this, the preacher, through the Holy Spirit, through the word, into your heart. Are you with me? Now, here's the thing. You can read on your own. You can, you can study on your own. But you still need a teacher. Do I have anybody? You can't make up your own rules when you decide to live for Jesus. Are you, are, are you with me? 
I believe, and as I said last week, that some of us have some unrealistic expectations of Jesus. Uh, some have told you that when you, when you follow Jesus, he, he has a wonderful plan for your life. Uh, that trials won't come. That, you know, stuff is going to be great. You're going to that next level. <laughs> you with me? That, that you, can, you, can, you can speak things into existence. Amen. That, that everything is just going to be great. That's not what they told you, did they? <laughs> Amen. And sometimes we come to Christ for that reason. But I told you a few things last week and just catching you up is that when you decide to follow Jesus, it doesn't mean that storms won't come. Remember that? I told you that storms will come. I told you it doesn't mean that you won't be affected by those storms. Amen. I told you it doesn't mean that Jesus has abandoned you. The disciples here had made the decision to follow Jesus, to get in the boat with Jesus. They made a conscious decision. No one forced them. Matter of fact, the text says they took Jesus along with them. Amen. But when they got into the storm, they started using language to Jesus like, don't you care about me? I wish I had somebody. Don't, don't you care that we're perishing? Matter of fact, hold on. You sleep. And we up here trying to deal with the storm. Anybody going through a storm today? Come on, somebody, you're on top of the boat and you're trying, listen, you're trying to handle the storms in your life. And you're trying to figure out how to navigate through this one. Come on, this one is different than the last one. And I want to help you with something, but when you make the decision to follow Jesus, you got to understand that he is your example. So therefore, if Jesus is at the bottom of the boat, sleep. Then what did I tell you you got to do? Why, why don't you just go crawl up next to him? Say, can I, can I lay next to you? <laughs> because you know something that I don't know. I told you last week what it doesn't mean. This week I want to tell you what it does mean. And so let's look at it. The text says that they already told Jesus, don't you care that we're perishing? Right? Don't you care that we're I'm about to get evicted. They're about to repo the car. They're about to come and foreclose on the house. I, I can't find a job. I can't, my children are acting up. Things are going bad. Don't you care? I mean, I, I tithe. Come on and help me somebody. You, you, you know, I listened to what the pastor said, right? Uh, I serve. See, sometimes we think that just because we're doing the right thing that we need to be rewarded for it. You do the right thing because that's the right thing to... I'm going to say it one more time. We do the right thing because it's the right what thing to do. We give because we love God. We don't give because we have to. We give because we love him. How many of you love him? You see, if you need an example of love, the Bible says, for God so loved the world that what did he do? He gave his only begotten son. I'm saying it one more time. His only begotten. He gave his only. He didn't, what, what, listen, he didn't hold anything back. 
He says he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him shall not. Hold on a minute. Did the disciples not understand the gospel? <laughs> but the problem is they didn't really believe in Jesus. They believed out of convenience. They believed because of what they were going through right now in the situation that they're going through right now. Can I help somebody with something? You got to move past what you're looking for and understand that you got to believe Jesus because he is God. Are you with me? Watch this. Watch this. The devil has another offer for us. Always. He'll always offer us options. And, and, and they've battled this storm, these disciples. Uh, they're in a state of panic. And now Jesus now shows them by illustrating to them the importance of faith. I want to help somebody today. I want to help somebody this morning to let you know it is important that you learn how to walk by faith. And what is faith? The evidence of things hoped for, but yet not seen. In other words, I got to do this believing that what I believe is true. I don't see my breakthrough, but I believe it. I have never seen Jesus in my whole Christian life, but I know he exists by faith. Come on, somebody. Somebody know what I'm talking about. Listen, listen. My, the evidence that I have today is based upon my faith alone. And storms will grow your faith. Storms will grow your faith. Watch this. Watch this. Watch this. Jesus, Jesus got up, verse 39 and, and, and now Jesus illustrates to them the importance of using their faith. But here's some things you have to understand when you decide to follow Jesus. Here's what it does mean. First of all, it says, and he got up. He was sleeping good too, boy. He was sleeping real good. He got up and what did he do? The text says he rebuked. He rebuked. The wind. That word rebuke means to punish. I find that to be very interesting. He got up. He could have done it earlier. But see, they needed to go through the full effect of the storm. To grow there. Somebody help me, will you please? <laughs> when you decide to follow Jesus, here's the thing you need to know that it will help you with your faith. Write this down. It does mean that he's in control of the storm. That's what it does mean. Listen, there's no need to panic. There's no need to regret your decision to follow him. But know this, that he's in total, total control of the storm. See, he was resting in his father's arms because he understood that his father was in control. That's why he was asleep. Are you with me? And God had given him all power. Now, the reason why the text shows Jesus sleeping is because it reveals to us his humanity. That just like us, we get tired. 
but let me help somebody. But we can learn from Jesus that we can do the same thing the next time the storm comes. Rest. Because what? He's in control of the storm. Do I have a witness? Text says he got up and he just rebuked it. He could have done it earlier. He punished the storm, the wind. He said, come here, let me whoop you. <laughs> come here, storm. <laughs> Amen. Thank you for what you did. Could it be that God is using that situation in your life right now? Come on, somebody, to, to get you to believe that he's in control? What does that really mean, Pastor? How does that look in my life? That What does that really do for me? If I know who's in control, I'm not going to what? Panic. I thank him today that when I decided to follow him, I decided to follow the one who's in control of the storm. <laughs> not the one who creates the storm, but the one who can... Oh, I wouldn't serve anybody else. Do I have a witness? And let me help somebody with something. With you having that information and that insight, you're not going to panic. Or you shouldn't panic, I should say. Look what the text says. Look, text says. Text says, and, this, and, and look, so you got to notice there's two things that's happening here. There's the wind and then there's the sea. <laughs> two elements. <laughs> Watch this. He rebuked the wind. Because that's what it needed. But then he spoke <laughs> to the sea. Boy, I'm learning so much about God. Tell your neighbor when you decide to follow Jesus. Here's what it means. You ready? Write this down. It does mean he can silence the storm. That's what it does mean. See, sometimes the things that's troubling you in your life it's just a sound. It's an illusion. <laughs> the thing that's bothering you right now, you got to pay close attention that maybe it's just a noise to rattle you. You ever been, you, you ever been in a storm like, you know, I'm talking about like Monday when, when the wind came through here and I was looking out my window, I was, I was looking at things just flying out my backyard. I'm like, I heard the howling. I'm like, oh, man, boy, it's going to be bad. It's going to be bad. It's going to be bad. I said, no, it ain't going to be bad. I said, God, you're in control. Amen. You're, you're in, I lost an umbrella. That's all I lost. But my, the people next door lost the fence. And folk up the block lost the whole pool. And you understand? What I'm trying to tell you is that God is in control, but it does mean that he can silence the storm. That's what we need. That word silence, when he says, when he said to the sea, hush, he means to put a muzzle on it. To put it to silence. He can silence the noise that we hear from the sea of our life. Sometimes it's the noise that terrifies us. It's just the noise. Isn't that amazing that Satan can use the noise just to cause you to lose your faith? I'll tell your neighbor he can put a muzzle on it. Sometimes he got to shut Satan up for you. Hush. <laughs> Sometimes you got to tell that devil is hush. You're talking too much. I'm believing you too much. Come on, somebody. He has the power to silence the storm. He can control the storm, but he can silence the storm. I'm about to get out of here. 
Look what he says next. Look what he says next. He says, and the wind died down, and it became perfectly calm. Now, let me help somebody with something. I am a theologian by nature, and I have to explain this to you, okay? If I, if I don't explain it to you, it would be out of my nature. Here's the thing. When Jesus was asleep, that perfect calm was already there. You getting it? You saw it? That's why he wasn't panicked. That's why he wasn't troubled. That's why he could sleep while the water was filling up. The physical is happening, but in his fair, in his, in his, in his domain, nothing was happening. He was in perfect peace. I'm trying to help you with something. Here's what it does mean. It does mean, write this down, he can keep you in a state of calmness during the storm. Now listen, I'm not saying if the water is filling up in your house, don't go do something, okay? Don't go to higher ground. That's, use your common sense now, okay? <laughs> Hold on now. I'm, I'm speaking metaphorically. <laughs> You're like, oh yeah, well, Pastor say, he, yeah, you know, now, uh-uh, I didn't say that now. Hold on now. <laughs> you know, but what I am saying, he can keep you in a state the next time something comes to threaten your life, be still. Be like Jesus. Be in that state of calmness where you're not just going to let it move you for nothing because if Jesus doesn't panic, why are you panicking? Because he's in control and he can what? Silence. Tell your neighbor the noise. I swear it's the noise sometimes. It's not the physical threat. It's just the noise. It's just the idea. Listen, we think, in, we, we think the worst before we think the best. We think, man, it's over for me, but God said it just started for you. Come on, somebody. Somebody here today, I want to tell you, I, I want to remind you of this, that you are more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus. And storms are designed to help you to grow your faith. Watch this. You, the state of mind that the disciples were in was opposite of the state of mind that Jesus was in. Jesus does not want us to panic. You know what he wants you to do? He wants you to keep your mind stayed on him and he will keep you in perfect peace. I went through that this week. Oh, I wish I had somebody. I was rattled this week. I'm preaching what I'm living right now. And I'm sitting there in the emergency room because I thought I caught COVID again. And I'm sitting there in the emergency room and, and my mind is anxiously running. I'm like, the noise, tell your neighbor the noise. The noise was loud, y'all. Amen. And my doctor didn't help me either. My, my primary didn't have to say, man, listen, that, that stuff looked like COVID to me. I'm like, oh. And then, watch this, not only that, but they said, oh, well, your test won't come back till four days later. I said, I ain't got time to wait. So I went on to the emergency room to get a rapid test. And I'm sitting there and I'm thinking to myself, God, why? Come on, somebody. I had a human. I'm trying to help somebody with something. I'm going to tell you right now, I had a human moment. I had a human moment. I heard the noise. Everything I'm preaching, I'm trying to help you with something. Amen. I forgot who was in control. Amen. Because I was thinking and I was paying attention too much to the noise. 
I told you last week, lay next to Jesus. Shoot, I woke him up. I'm like, yo, wake up, wake up. And I wasn't getting no answer. And then I opened up my phone. Yeah, my phone. I didn't have my Bible with me. It could work in situations like that. And I started reading from Isaiah chapter 20. I didn't you ever read the Bible and you read it, you don't understand nothing you read. You know why I wasn't understanding it, y'all? Because I was in a state of panic. Can I help somebody with something? Can I help you? Can I help you to know I'm human, y'all? Can I help you to understand that this stuff is real? Listen, because I'm thinking, I'm thinking the worst case scenario. I'm thinking to myself, God. Come on now, not again. <laughs> come on now, I'm vaccinated. <laughs> come on, Lord. I'm, th- I'm, I'm having this come. And then I, st- I kept reading, I kept reading, and then I got to Isaiah 26. And it says, a steadfast mind. He will keep in perfect peace if he keeps his mind stayed on him. And in that moment, I was brought back to this message like, oh, I got it. And do you not know in that second, in that instant, because I believe God's word, I was at peace. My anxiety left the storm. He hushed the storm in my life. He silenced the wind in my situation because there's nothing like health situations in life. Where you can't change it. Do I have anybody? See, some of you didn't have been sick before, but keep living. <laughs> keep living. When that time comes, you're going to understand how much you're going to need God. But saints, I want to tell you something. The peace that I had, it was silent in that, in that, in that waiting room. I said silent. I walked back there and they said, you all right? I said, I'm great. Coughing and hacking, I'm great. She said, you don't look great. I said, but I feel great. Okay, if you say so. Shove that thing up my nose. She said, do you want the fall? I said, I want the rapid. <laughs> Give me the rapid. <laughs> All right. Tell your neighbor, I need to know. Because you're still scared, but, but I had that peace. Test came back negative. All right. And in that instance, I saw this message. You see, the symptoms I had was the storm. And sometimes, even with medical advice, oh, I wish I had somebody. It may, they may say it's over. They may say there's no hope for you. But my God is able. I'm going to say it one more time. My God is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we can ask or think. Our God is able, y'all. Keep my mind, Lord. Check this out. What they saw was Jesus changing the external. 
But Jesus already possessed the state of mind during the storm. If we can get this today, don't let the external cause you to forget what you possess internally. And here's what you have internally. The peace of God. It belongs to you. The devil knows he can't take it, but he can affect it. Are you with me? Watch this. Watch it. Verse 40. I'm going to sit down. I'll give you a third point. Doesn't mean you can't keep a state, a, a, a calm state of mind during the storm, okay? It's possible. And then he says, look what he says next. He says right here in verse, same verse, it says, and the wind died down, and it became what? But look at verse 40. And he said to them. You know, this is an embarrassment to me sometimes. When I go before God and I know better, I be like, dang. You know, it's like I go before God every day and pray, and I, I feel like a little kid all the time. You know what I mean? Especially when I mess up. You know what I mean? I be like, dang. And I'll be quick praying. <laughs> I quit pray so I got to face them. Because I'm shame. Because I should know better. But just because you got education doesn't mean you know better. <laughs> Alright? Because strong men get weak sometimes. Amen. You with me? Watch this now. Watch this now. He said, he said to them, why are you what? Afraid. Huh? Here's what it does mean. Ready? Write this down. And this is what I realized in that moment sitting in that measure room. Ready? It does mean that you have to grow in your faith. Listen, rate times time equals growth. Remember that formula. Rate times time equals growth. So you could be a Christian for 40 years and ain't mashing on gas and you in the same place you were when you got saved. You got to put in some work. You got to press on the gas so that you can go forward. And some people are saved, but they get, they get, they get this far, they stop. That's why they're not growing in there. And that's the reason why storms keep on coming. Because God loves you so much that he doesn't want you to stay stuck where you are. But even in the, in the storm, he gives you grace. As a matter of fact, he gives you the answer sheet. What kind of God is that? That he'll give you a test and give you the answer sheet to say, this is how you get through it. Come on, man. That's a no-brainer. No I'm going to pass this one. Why are you afraid? He asked him, do you, do you still have no, he said, do you still have no faith? Do you still have no faith? He knew they did not have faith when they got on the boat. And so now he's, he's saying, did y'all not learn anything? Storms reveal what kind of faith we have. We have little faith. We have mustard seed faith. We have small faith. Little and small is two different faiths, you know. We have great faith. And then there's also demonic faith. 
Demonic faith almost, almost always look like real faith, but it's an illusion. There's deceiving faith. Oh, I wish I had somebody. But all you need is just a little. Mustard seed faith. He says, do you still have no faith? After all that I have done, what did he do? He opened blind eyes. He healed the sick. He fed the 5,000, the 4,000. Watch this. He gave them the authority to cast out demons and the power to preach and deliver, and you still don't have no faith. Can I ask you a question? What is it going to take? If the storm won't change your faith, then what will? Boy, that's deep right there. You see, you see, you see what I love about the word? When I read that Isaiah passage, immediately, immediately I obeyed. Problem sometimes, saints, is we read it, but we don't obey right away. Well, let me, let me, I'm, I'm going to come back to that. Watch this, watch this, watch this, watch this. What are you going through right now and the question is, whatever you're going through right now, is it to grow you? Or are you complaining about the process? See, God has a process to grow us because in all actuality, we as a people, we like comfort. We don't like anything to upset what's going on in our lives. Because it makes us uneasy. It makes us <clears throat> feel like if we're being picked on. But God said, Jesus said, no, you still have no faith. Which suggests that you didn't have faith before. And you didn't learn from what last test you went through. So now I got to take you through some more stuff. Why are you forcing my hands to keep putting you in situation, allowing you to get into situations so you will get it? How long will it take before you get it? Storms, it does mean that you have to grow in your faith. But look, look what it says. Look what it says. Look what it says. Look at verse 41. And this is the part that really baffles me, and I'm going to sit down. They became very much afraid. You see, fear and faith don't go together. This word afraid means flight. Not fight, flight. They were terrified. They were awestruck. They, they wanted to run. But they couldn't go anywhere. You ever notice that God will always get you in a place where you can't run? Where are they going to run to on the sea? <laughs> you ever notice that God always puts you in a situation where you have to face him? Come on, y'all. Come on, y'all. The text says they became very much afraid and said to one another, who is this? What a phrase. First of all, why you got in the boat with a stranger? Who is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? Hold on a minute. Hold on a minute. 
Hold a minute. Hold a minute. If the wind and the sea obey him, why aren't you obeying him? Why does he have to go through all of this stuff to try to get you to do just one thing for him? Listen, when the sea hears his tongue, yes, sir. And what you need. <laughs> Listen, when the sea hears his voice, it obeys. Why is it so hard for us to obey? You know what the word obey there means? To listen. You know what God wants us to do? To listen. To, 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 to become obedient from your listening. Watch this last point. Who then is this? So the last thing it does mean, write this down. You ready? This is going to bless you. And I thank God that Monday I had another lesson. But I was listening. You ready? It does mean that you have more to learn about him. You will live the rest of your life learning, learning, growing. The moment we stop being teachable, we're in danger. Learning. I got more to learn. That's all God showed me. I'm like, why you got to practice on me? <laughs> the last time I had a health scare was nine years ago. I had a heart attack. Died twice. Was in a coma for 14 days. Diabetes. Lung cancer. They thought I had lung cancer. God healed me from all that. And I'm sitting here panicking. I had more to learn. Can I ask you a question? What do you have to learn? Don't you have more to learn about him? You got to know him. That Paul says that I may know him and the power of his resurrection, the fellowship of his suffering, that I may conform to his image. I got more to learn. I got more to learn. And not, not that I thought I knew everything, but I'd like, dang, I like, dag, I thought I didn't pass that one. Their lack of faith proved that they didn't really know Jesus. Can you imagine that one day some will stand before him and say, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? Did we not cast out demons in your name? Did we not perform miracles in your name? And he will say to them, depart from me, you work of iniquity. I never knew you. It's possible. To follow the wrong Jesus. Possible. To think that you're doing stuff for God and you ain't really doing nothing for God. You're doing it for yourself. God wants us to mature and know his son better. When you decide to live for Jesus, he wants a relationship with you. He doesn't just want you to show up. He wants a relationship. He wants intimacy. That's all he's craving for. It's impossible to lose your salvation. In the same way, it's impossible to stop being your parent's child. 
You are children by birth. And once you're born, you're born. Even if you're not acting like a well-behaved child, you are still a child because you are a child by birth. Similarly, you don't hold on to God. God holds on to you. If a parent is holding a kid's hand, even when the kid lets go, he is still connected to that parent because the parent is still holding on. No matter what storms you may face, you have to remember he will always be holding on to you. If the disciples knew this in that moment, they would have trusted him as a child, trusting a parent, not questioning if he cared about them, whether or not they're perishing. Is God that unjust? A loving father that would decide that when you decide to live for him, he will leave you? No. It may appear that way that he has left you. My wife couldn't comfort me. My children couldn't comfort me. But in that moment where I was at, I wish I had somebody. He showed me something. Know what he showed me? I gave you my word. And you can take this for the rest of your life and you can live on it. Because it's true. And sometimes people can't comfort you. But the word can. The word can. And I'm saying to somebody here, you're going through a storm right now. The noise is loud. But Jesus says, I got you. 